This is a public service announcement. The world's about to end. You have 45 minutes. Welcome to If the World Was Ending. You come over, right? I'm Molly. I'm Jamie. And Jamie's <laughs> going to introduce the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a podcast where we ask a guest what they do with their last 45 minutes on air. Mm-hmm. Um, if a meteor was coming in, they get the text. It says meteor incoming. <laughs> so there's been no chance to prepare. There you go. And um, yeah, so we speak to guests whose situations are, um, let's say, unique, mm-hmm. a bit unusual, mm-hmm. a bit different, mm-hmm. and uh, help craft their final story together. Brilliant. That was a really good elevator pitch. Oh, well my done. God. <laughs> Compliment from Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I give my like sweets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I'm feeling quite excited about today's guest. Very excited. Um, I feel like we've got someone who's very prominent in the podcasting world. Absolutely. So for our second episode ever, yeah. it's a bit of a biggie. It's very exciting. Mm. And speaking of our second episode ever, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to share with our listeners about <laughs> our podcast at the moment? Hey, you are listening to, in your ears right now, a five-star rated podcast. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's five stars. <laughs> so if you'd like, probably only, what, one minute in now? Yeah. You're probably still on that that podcasting homepage. That's right. Um, so now's a great time to give us five stars. <laughs> We've become those people. <laughs> We'll remind you at the end as well. <laughs> um, and while they're doing that, I think it's a good time for you to introduce our first, second guest. <laughs> I'll introduce our second guest. Yes, yeah. Um, on today's episode, we're speaking to Shiv Darve, a journalist, broadcaster, and podcaster with a background in physics. At uni, they got involved with student radio and had what they describe as a silly little show. Since then, they've gone on to work for the BBC and The Guardian, present on Virgin Radio and produce the award-winning podcast, The Logbooks. So Shiv's world is ending whilst they're presenting on Virgin Radio Pride during Pride Month. Today is 20th of June. Let's go. Hi, Shiv. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, we're, we're, in, the middle of, we're in the middle of Pride Month for, your, for this episode. And you're live on air. Maybe you're telling people about a competition mm-hmm. that they could be winning. Mm. And you get this message and it says, the world is about to end in 45 minutes. What is your first thought or how are you feeling at this point? I think my first thought is, like, is this a real message? Like, mm. is this legit? I've got a background in journalism and I get a lot of spam texts because I've signed up to a lot of free things for discounts and stuff like that. So I'm like, of course. has Doc Martens sold my data for that 10% discount that I wanted? So I want to look into it first. Mm. Great. Find out what it is. Mm-hmm. That's like my immediate response. I think also if I'm live on air, I'll have people listening to the show and they might get in touch with me. They might text into the show and say, this has happened. What's going on? Um, there's this incredible relationship that listeners have with presenters where they do feel like they can communicate about so many things. So people might get in touch and say, I've got this text message. And then I might be able to sort of understand that it might be a little bit more legit if like the whole country has this text message. Um, 
and also I work in a building where there are countless other journalists and producers and things like that so people would be able to like verify the information quite quickly Mm. so that so that stage is done we verified it it's happening what's next oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you do you say that live on air is it like i think i do yeah i think i do i think the world is ending i've never been allowed to swear on air it's the one thing i'm always like definitely don't do this because you'll get in a lot of trouble and if the world's gonna end why not i think I, i think i swear because we're all dead in 45 minutes i think you need a certain kind of mindset for that because if i was working in radio and i was like don't swear i would swear every other sentence yeah because it's it's that thing of like don't think about pink yeah. elephants and that's yeah. all you can think about yeah Not another it- fucking competition and be like <laughs> fuck shit i mean oh god <laughs> yeah it is very that it is very that i it's something you get used to they don't let you go live if they can't trust you to do that because that is one of the things that can get you and the radio station in trouble quite quickly more than out yeah, so um, that's how podcasting works for you, Jamie. <laughs> yes. yes. Is that is that for all radio stations? Are there any radio stations where you are allowed to swear? Well, it's Ofcom licensed radio stations. So, like, if you've got an internet radio show that isn't Ofcom like moderated, then I guess you could. I think most people try not to, um, but most most radio stations try and abide by the Ofcom broadcast licensing rules, um, just because that's like quite a good standard to do things by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you were going to put up a show on SoundCloud or something, then you probably could swear and that's fine. Yeah, and maybe yeah. mm. But um, most people wouldn't swear. So I would probably say, oh, fuck on the radio, probably because it's the only chance I'm ever going to get to do it yeah. without getting in trouble. And um, I'd probably have to like play a song just to like get my bearings and think mm-hmm. about what's happening. Um, and once I worked out what I was going to say, get back on air and maybe even cut the song short and try and sound, sound comforting, say something that helps people feel like maybe they're not alone in this because it will be a terrifying situation for so many. Um, and while, you know, I'm conscious of people who listen to the radio and I'm conscious of the fact that radio does become this kind of community for people. So while people will, yes, want to ring their loved ones or like try and leave work early to see their friends or whatever and see their family and say bye or whatever it might be, I think knowing that there are people who are going to want to tune into the radio and stay listening to the radio up until that 45 minutes is over is important and making sure that someone is there for people who don't have anybody else is Mm. is probably what I will try and do. Yeah. Yeah. That's really um that's really thoughtful, I suppose, because you could just, you know, leave, try and find some other people, even, you know, colleagues in the building, but actually staying on air and holding that kind of 45 minutes for people. Right, that's a really that's really lovely. Yeah, no, genuinely I, I felt a little bit emotional when you were saying that. <laughs> I think um my cat just meowed. He's like, What, you wouldn't come see me? You <laughs> <laughs> um No, I think what I did is so my show is usually like um chat and music and Mm. fun and games and all sorts of things and then I probably would under special circumstances which this would count as um like change 
the show and just let people call in and talk about what it is they want to talk about and say goodbye to people on air because they might not be able to get through on the phone. You know, it's probably a crisis point and mm-hmm. like at a festival when everyone's on their phone and mm. the phone lines go down, people won't be able to get through. So trying to maybe help people do that through the power of the radio or whatever it might be, like connecting people in that final goodbye kind of way. Mm. Um, do you have, do you have like, um, cause I, I know you mentioned you almost have relationships with some of the listeners in a, in a way, do you have like people that contact you quite regularly where you're like oh it's it's Steve again yeah there's there's regulars there's people who like regularly will like text in and call into radio stations Mm -hmm. um but also like people will listeners of the shows will be personally in touch with me like they'll find me on social media and they'll be like really excited to listen to the show or like if I post about the show or whatever they'll like like it and comment or whatever and then they support other stuff that I do in my life as well, which is really mm. nice. Aww. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And sometimes it can get creepy. And it does, sure. there are situations where it does get creepy. It's but yeah. most <laughs> of the time, it's quite nice. Like most of the time, it feels like these people just are like champions of you and what you mm. do. And it's great. I think that's really interesting because I suppose like the way that I would imagine radio is actually it's quite isolated, right? Because you are just like you in a booth or maybe there's another presenter or producer or something. But actually, I didn't really think about the kind of level of community that you can build Mm -hmm. through doing something like that. And I think that's really special. Yeah, I mean, you are just like bare bones of it is you're alone in a room talking to yourself. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, But... So when you're broadcasting to um, people all over the world or in even like locally, if you're doing local radio, um, they they listen and they hear you and they have experiences that like resemble yours or they've never heard of the ex- experiences that you've had and they find that fascinating and you're teaching them something and they're teaching you something and it's really great. And it it is really all about the community and the audience and the listeners and the relationships that you have with them because otherwise you are just a person alone in a room talking to yourself Mm -hmm. yeah and do you think the the community within like your audience is particularly strong because of the the type of radio that you're in your virgin pride radio right yeah virgin radio pride i think it's amazing it's such an amazing platform to be a part of Mm -hmm. like to be able to be like I've got a girlfriend on the radio, which yeah. is something that I grew up never hearing. And when I first started being on the radio, I was kind of like, got to pretend that I'm like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like realized that I don't have to pretend that I'm like everybody else. But also there is an element of like toning it down. Whereas like on Virgin Radio Pride, I can turn it up and I can be super queer. Love it. And I can talk about things in a really open and honest way. Mm-hmm. And that really helps with the community that I'm trying to talk to because they've had these experiences that I've had and they've never heard those things being expressed in that way. So publicly, so openly in a mainstream sort of setting. Mm. Um, and it's it's great. So... <laughs> It's a pop-up radio station every summer now for the last two summers and hopefully for the next summer. But if, you know, the world survives. 
um, <laughs> <laughs> we we had like people reach out and get in touch and people sort of talking to us who've, who've listened to it that we bump into like in the glory or whatever who mm. listen to it and um, they just get so passionate talking about it because for so many people it was like an impossible thing yeah. to have this space in this way and um, being able to have that and and the fact that, that a lot of them are like part of the community that I actually am part of mm. yeah. and then they're part of the radio community as well that I'm like broadcasting to it's an incredible crossover and it's really amazing to be a part of that. And it really does feel like a family. Yeah. And I guess, cause like, obviously you're, you're presenting on your own, right? So it almost feels like you're talking directly to them. Like it's nice to listen to podcasts where people are talking to each other and you kind of feel like you're in the room, but I, I guess maybe that is like an extra level of, of depth that you can have with the audience. Yeah. I tried to talk directly to people. So mm. like, it's it's hard because you're talking to so many people at once. So you mm. can't be like, oh, Simon's had a hard day. <laughs> Simon, how, how's it going with that breakup that you've been having? You know, you can't do that. But um, you can sort of connect with people in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get a little bit more personal and you can mm. get people in as much as you're comfortable to. And I'm quite open with that. So, you know, my listeners know a lot about my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is great. And I think that's a real change as well from... Um, you know, a decade ago where you might have had a radio presenter who's uh, LGBTQ plus, but not out and they yeah. don't share anything about their life because they don't want to out themselves on the radio. Whereas like I'm out and I'm open about that and we've just come so far mm-hmm. and being able to talk about it. It's like an incredible shift, mm. um, which I, I absolutely love. You said when you were younger that you didn't really see or hear kind of on the radio or TV, I suppose, kind of that kind of conversation or maybe feel that you were represented anywhere. So I'm um, what kind of made you want to get into it? Was it that, or did that kind of make it feel more difficult to get into it? I'm kind of really interested in that journey. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like I accidentally stumbled into it. Sometimes I'm a little bit like, Oh, I just like took the wrong turning in a corridor and bumped into the right person and just like have this career now. Um, I studied physics at uni Cool. <laughs> so like a natural career path. <laughs> of course. Media. I mean, that would definitely make you really question that plus journalism makes you really question like, is a meteor about to hit the earth, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, I feel like I would have give, been given more than 45 minutes as a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's assume that everyone in NASA was asleep for a couple of weeks. Yeah. They've been busy. Um, they're they're tired. Busy. It's yeah. Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got their float to organize. It's NASA's Pride Day. They're they're all out listening to Pride Talks. Exactly, exactly. A whole day. That's yeah. a lot. Mm. That's a lot. They take it seriously. They've got <laughs> yeah. their CSR down. Yeah. They do have their CSR down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I studied physics and then when I was at uni, I was like, oh, I need to. The thing about physics is it the people who study physics, they're great, a lot of them, but some of them are the types of people that you would imagine study physics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say no more. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cool. I was a little bit like, I need to be with people who can have a conversation with me mm. about anything other than coursework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I joined the radio station because there's the people who like to talk. And I got really into it. And I was like, I want to make science programs and documentaries and stuff. And then I got more and more into it. And I um, applied for like a thousand jobs and I got one 
at the BBC as a journalist and I was like, there's mugs. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they were like definitely supposed to put my like application in the reject pile, but didn't. And then it was too late. So I'd already posted about it on Instagram. So they couldn't, they couldn't take it away from me now. Um, That's amazing. So then I started working for the BBC. I was doing like um, broadcast journalism. There's lots of radio stuff, um, lots of production, then uh, reporting and some presenting. And I moved around a lot. So I was at the World Service. I was at Radio 4. I went to local radio and like through all of these different things, like the one thing that I learned not the one thing that I learned, but like the one thing that was the most consistent through the whole journey was the fact that like, no matter where you are or how big your audience is, it's that relationship that you have with the listener that is the most important thing. And being able to be there for the listener, with the listener, giving them the information, giving them the comfort, giving them the support, like in a news context, that is one thing. And then as I continued my radio career and started doing more like, personality-led shows and music shows and stuff like that it became about like still having that relationship with the listener but maybe making that a little bit more personal and having a little bit more emotion involved in that as well um which is probably why like I wouldn't be able to just walk out of my show yeah when I got that text yeah I would probably have to stay there yeah like there might just be one person by the end of it listening to me and like if you don't have anybody else to talk to I'll talk to you Mm. and we'll go down together that's so lovely but you said also before that you would play um maybe play a track or maybe there's lots of tracks that you play and I'm wondering what would be your go-to tune in this moment oh my god that's such a good question thanks (laughs) <laughs> that's a really hard one what would be my I think I think if I got the text and I was like and then my producer runs in and is like yeah this is legit like oh god this is happening I would probably be like fuck yeah I just got that text give me a minute and then just play next or like hit play on whatever song is right up so that could be anything that could be Kylie that could be Britney that could be Gaga that could be Little Nas X that could be Eminique that could be Sam Smith it could be Demi Lovato it could be anything and I would just vibe with it it would probably also be a very upbeat like sort of song that you would hear at like 11 p.m on a Friday night at the Mm. glory I was gonna say you said it could be anything but you just listed like every queer artist <laughs> ever yeah. so <laughs> yeah it could be any that's what I'm trying to say oh, yeah 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 anything. sorry mm-hmm. could literally be anything <laughs> um and then like come back after that song or like and and just be like when I'm a little bit more composed and just be like yeah, so I got this scary text and we've just listened to a dance floor filler from Britney that's <laughs> Hit me, baby, one more time, which is exactly what the meteor is going to do. <laughs> That's good. You're already yeah, coming up with mm-hmm, the puns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I would just, you know, come back from the song and be like, um, yeah, that was, that was quite scary. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's be together. Let's, you know, give me a call. Drop me a text. Let me know how you're feeling. This mm-hmm. is how yeah. I'm feeling. Um, there's a lot of, like, yeah, just... wanting to sense the mood that people have and trying to go along with that when you've got an audience 
they share things with you that they don't tell anybody else, but they'll come and say it on the radio. And they'll wow. say like how they feel, like they'll talk about their grief and their emotions and their loss and their heartache and their pain. Or they'll tell you about somebody that they fancy who they, they haven't told anybody else or whatever. They'll, they'll really open up to you. And not all of it is appropriate for the radio, but it's amazing that people want to share so much of their lives with you. Mm. And I think what might happen is like people call in and they might say things like they're terrified and they're scared and they don't know what to do. People might say, I'm on the way to go visit my family right now because I want to see them. Mm. The normal sort of like expected responses, the immediate sort of responses that you think of. But I'm trying to think about how people might use that time to be scandalous and like bring some drama because like yeah. it's yes. the queer community. We're here for the drama. <laughs> and I feel like people might be like ringing up and being like, yeah, so I uh, fucked my best friend's boyfriend or like, what, like, you know, the last confessions kind of thing. I like that. Our new segment, the last confessions. Yeah. yeah we, could, we could use this time to craft your last segment on yeah. earth. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think, I think final confessions, like quite a good. Yeah. Good tagline. I just think like 45 minutes in radio time isn't that long. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to use up that opportunity by just playing music. I think like this is a moment where we can all sort of like talk about things that we've never been able to say before and like really get everything out there before the end. Yeah. Obviously keeping it anonymous, but is there like any scandalous kind of things that you you found out on radio that you can tell us here today? I think it's not so much scandal, actually. The things that like stay with me, I get weird messages all the time, but the things that stay with me that I remember are the people who say like how important it is that they've found that a radio station like Virgin Radio Pride exists. Um, Like people saying that they grew up not having any sort of queer role models or Mm -hmm. not hearing stories from queer people. Um, A lot of people actually reach out to me because there aren't very many South Asian LGBTQ plus people in the public eye and people reach out to me and say like, you're the first Brown person who is queer, who I've ever heard of. And that means something to a lot of people. I know it would have meant a lot to me when I was growing up, if I had that sort of um, person to look up to. So those are the, those are the things that kind of stay with me. It's very easy to sort of like, just let people in. Cause also you're not seeing who you're talking to. It's not like, getting up on a stage and talking to a crowd full of people. So that element of stage fright isn't there so much. It's mm-hmm. literally like when you start doing radio and you want to be a presenter and people tell you to like try and become a better presenter, the thing that you have to do is pretend you're talking to your friend. Like picture yourself on the phone and you're just chatting to your best friend about, you know, your day or your week or something hilarious that happened last night or mm. something that you're looking forward to or the next song that you're going to play, which is your favorite song ever or whatever it is. And so you don't have that like feeling of talking to a huge crowd. Yeah. Where you might feel a bit more reserved and like a bit more like I'm here to say the thing and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. Actually, literally last night I like um, tried to go to karaoke and I couldn't get in because it was fully booked. Who books karaoke? (laughs) Apparently that's a thing. (laughs) 
Um, this is so, a post-pandemic world. Everyone books yeah. everything. <laughs> it was like 7 p.m. I just wanted to sing. Oh, you can sing now. <laughs> Go for it. I've not had enough beers. <laughs> but but you know, I'd say that on my show, like, mm. oh, I'm I'm really annoyed that I didn't get to go singing last night. And somebody might message somebody might message in and say, Oh, you know, last night I had the best dinner at this restaurant or um tonight i'm actually going to go for karaoke hopefully i get in or whatever it might be they try and relate to what you're saying and have a bit more of a conversation um in the way that you're having a conversation with them so it's, yeah it's really unique and this is why bringing it back to like that last 45 minutes on earth is for lots of people they don't have anybody else and that was made really apparent during the pandemic and i felt like an absolute privilege to be able to work in local radio during the pandemic or the the peak of the pandemic and a lot of people were reaching out at local radio and where we have a much older listenership saying that they hadn't spoken to anybody all day and Mm. the most heartbreaking thing was somebody phoned in and said like he just hasn't had a conversation with anybody in he couldn't even remember how long it had been since he'd spoken to somebody and um what was really beautiful is like he then formed a friendship with a different listener and they got in touch with each other and like he was sharing that story and then a different listener got in touch with us and said like if you want to put him in touch with me I'll call him every day and we'll have a conversation and it's really really sweet and really emotional and like yes local radio can be really cheesy like the local town cat has gone missing or whatever and it can be really like cliche but it can also be so powerful and so Mm. amazing and make you weep because it just is at the core all about community I never really thought about it in that way it's so interesting to hear your perspective on it like that because it's just not how I would have conceptualized radio but as you're saying it I'm like oh that's really obvious Mm. I'm actually really looking forward to doing the uh, last confessions segment of the show now yeah <laughs> I, I think it's great yeah me it's too. a great me idea too. when I first when I first started radio as a student um I used to have the show on a Saturday morning which was right after like the big Friday night everyone went out to a club called Ocean on a Friday night I went to university Ooh, in Nottingham we Ocean. Out. Mm. um so everyone went out to Ocean and nobody would be like conscious on a Saturday morning and I had a segment that was like, um, what was it called? I think it was called Campus Confessions. I love getting people Very to admit good. stuff. Um, and <laughs> what would happen was like people would text like a dummy number or like the studio number um, with like, my friends hooked up with this person. This is their phone number. Give them a call in the morning. Oh that, my gosh. That's probably quite bad. <laughs> That's Did you do it? it? Yeah, I'd, I'd ring people up and I'd be like, hey, where are you? Your housemates are looking for you. And they'd be like in someone else's bed. Oh, oh my, God. my God. And I bet you're so like peppy and full of caffeine and everything <laughs> yeah. that you're, yeah. Yeah, like I had it down. I was like, I'd go out on a Friday night, but I'd be like, no more drinking after 12, get home by two. Like, that's a pro. Yeah. yeah. That's a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, wow. you got to have it down. And then I like, I do my show and then I'd come back home, have a nap, and then be back at it. Like, but it was, um, I think that was really bad. That was, I'm not proud of that segment. 
as a student, I thought that was the most hilarious thing. It is. And you know yeah. what? I think around that time, there was like a big kind of university confessions or like secrets or spotted on campus yeah, kind the, of yeah, yeah. Culture. Campus thing. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, it was part of the time. Yeah. 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 It was mm. the culture. I'm not proud of that segment, but that was a bit, yeah, that was um, enjoyable at the time. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We enjoy what we enjoy, you know? It's okay. <laughs> um, it and now you're about bringing the queer community together yeah. through radio, which is amazing. Yeah. Now I'm not embarrassing people on the radio. And I'm, yeah. um, it was a learning curve. And also, like, realistically, who was getting embarrassed? Because at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning, the most annoying thing would be that I gave someone a phone call because like nobody was listening to student radio that mm. was like an incredible place to like learn and make mistakes and do stupid things mm. and mess up a lot and then now I obviously have learned from that and I'm like maybe let's not do that on the radio <laughs> as an adult um also yeah. if you're answering your phone at 7am from a random number after the night before I'm kind of I'm judging you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. is a you problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you think we should summarize Shiv's I think it's time. last 45 minutes mm. on earth? Do you think you can do that? We we have a 30-second timer. I've got the technology here. I've just got to load it up. <laughs> His iPhone. Cool. Do I get to see the timer? Do I get to see it so I know how long I've got? Yes. Yes. You will. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is Shiv's final story. Let's go. So with the last 45 minutes on Earth, I would first verify the information. Being a physicist, I'd probably try and want to know what's going on. Being a journalist, I'd definitely want to make sure I'm giving my audience factual information. Then I'd let people speak to me about what it is they want to talk about with their last few minutes and hopefully maybe get some confessions out of people those last confessions and um i definitely play a track and it's got to be britney nice yes. end on britney <laughs> <laughs> i was basically I... trying to make it all so that i ended on britney <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> that is that is great um thank you so much yeah. for t- sharing your last story with us Thank you for having me. Oh, would you call in to my show if uh, you've got that text? Of course. A hundred percent. What song would, would you request? No, no, um, no. What confession would you make? Oh, no. That wasn't the question I wanted to answer. <laughs> okay, what confession would I make? Well, I know what's, what song. Well, you think of confession, I can tell you song. So, you know this. Over the last few days, I've just become obsessed with Shania Twain again. Yes. Have you watched a documentary? No, but that's why people have been talking about uh, it. Apparently it's very, very sad. I so haven't seen I'm not, it yet. I'm not ready for that yet. But Orville Peck, we were talking about Orville Peck last time I saw Shiv, mm. um, has done a, a song with Shania Twain. Great. But it would be Let's Go Girls, because my sister sent me a meme of, um, it was like, every time I hear Let's Go Girls, I want to kick a door down. It's... <laughs> nice. That it gives nice. you that power. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I could face the end of the world with that. So, Molly of Confession. My confession. <laughs> I think it would be this. When I was about nine, I was in Woolworths mm-hmm. and I picked up a card, like a, a birthday card, and I was just holding it, walking around the shop, and I walked out the shop with it, and it was the first and only time I've ever stolen something. It was a mistake, and I still feel bad about it. 
that's weighing on your conscience quite yeah. heavy. Yeah. Wow. I, I feel better for letting it out. I think the thing to know is that like you've gotten away with it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to be arrested. But also, I'm worried Ro- that it was my fault that Woolworths shut down. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. You've got yeah. a lot on your conscience there. They, yes. they had an unsupervised pick and mix section. I think it was their own <laughs> fault. They were just leaking money out of that. Don't worry. That was that was basically Jamie's confession. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I think he still does that from time to time. What if I could? I mean, the, the cinema tickets are so expensive. Are you telling me the pick and mix isn't free? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's a cost it's of living crisis now. Yeah. Also. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shiv. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was... yeah thank you for having me both. Thank oh, you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> Love to laugh on a Sunday. <laughs> Let me know if you want to watch the Shania Twain documentary together. Yes, yes, we should. We should. Yeah, it's a plan. I mean, where to even begin? <laughs> where, to... where to begin? I mean, where to even begin? At the very beginning. <laughs> but aside from that. Um, no, but local radio shows, those were a big thing for me when I was younger. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same for you because No, because grew up in London. So we yeah. lo- there was no such thing as local radio. Actually, there probably was. No, my dad did Barnet Radio once. There's definitely local radio. Yeah, there is local radio, but not yeah. in the car. Yeah, and like, maybe not like in the same way there is in like say the north, like the yeah. where I grew up. Famously. Famously. As you didn't, you didn't need to say that because everyone can tell by your thick Geordie accent. Okay, moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, but there were these these adverts that were like so distinctive, and they were done by like local car dealerships, local like taxi companies, and uh, there was one that was by Noda Taxis. I don't know if I can say the name, but other taxi firms do exist. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for us um but their their advert was like peer the driver peer the driver and it was just so bizarre and like it always stuck in my head and yeah. then there was the other one yeah which was keys money phone plans to get home don't forget to book a taxi after a night out and so like good thank you but it always <laughs> stuck in my head like yeah and even now when I leave the flat I'm like yeah phone. yeah Plans yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember that from, do you remember that was that person on Britain's Got Talent who was like, we're my keys, we're my phone, we're my keys, we're my phone, we're my keys. I don't, but. <laughs> Hopefully other people will know what I'm talking about. There was someone on, and it was, it was like. <laughs> That's ringing around in my head. We're my keys, we're my phone. It's similar to taxi one, but sometimes these things stay in your head. I always think that with like songs or little like ditties or like advert mm, kind mm. of slogans and then like ask me to try and remember what i studied in biology gcse i couldn't really tell you oh my god absolutely not i reckon you want to become a radio presenter now right mm, i don't know the swearing did put me off but that's what true. i would say what we're going to have to do, yeah. we're going to have to make Spotify playlists for the end of the world. Yes, mm. with all of those many, many very diverse <laughs> artists that she referenced. So we get that, we better get cracking on that. We will do that. And in the meantime, you can like, subscribe, follow, <laughs> Instagram, where if the world was ending underscore podcast, and you can email, we are if the world was ending podcast, that's one word at gmail.com. We'll see you there. <laughs> if the world was ending podcast,
problems and then you'd come over, right? Right?